Welcome to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. You will be able to find more Heartland sermons at hcc.ag or Heartland Christian Center YouTube channel. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. We hope you enjoy this week's message by our associate and student pastor, Matt Willingham.
So good to see you this morning at Heartland Christian Center. Welcome all of you to our Valpo location. Want to welcome all of our guests. Want to welcome all of our family. Welcome all of you watching online at our other locations, our Winotaw families there. Come on, put your hands together. Let them know you're awake. Let them know you're here today. Miss Julie, I wore my pink shoes for you. I wore my pink shoes. Miss Julie asked them, I wear my pink shoes. They asked, like, I got you. I wore them for you, Miss Julie. So good to see all of you today. And, uh, man, Mother's Day is right around the corner. Cannot believe all these babies being born. I told you everybody last week, in case you missed it, if you don't want a baby, don't drink the water here at Heartland because they everywhere. They everywhere. Miss Brittany, I forgot her shout-out last week with her baby, too. So, so good to see all of you this morning. Matthew chapter 6, I want you to open up your Bibles this morning. Matthew chapter 6 is where we're going to go. Open up your worship guide if you have one with you as well. You can take some notes there. If you don't have a Bible, maybe you've got like a tablet or a smartphone, you can download version. It's a free Bible app. We're going to look at our series as we've been in all year, questions God asks. You know, we've talked a lot. We always talk a lot about questions that we're asking God, and that's part of life, but he also asked us some questions, and that's what we're going to, we've been looking at this year, we're going to continue to look at today, and today we're going to look at the question, why do you worry? Come on, look at the person you're standing next to, say, why do you worry? Come on, ask, why do you, why do you worry? Why do you worry? Matthew chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 25, we'll read a few verses, and then we'll dig on in the word as we go on. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, Jesus is talking to his disciples, to a large crowd of people, it's in the portion of your Bible, if you've ever read it, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, tap, tackling some different topics, and he says in verse 25, therefore I tell you, do not, everybody say do not, turn to the person you're standing with, you're sitting with it one more time, come on with the attitude, say do not, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can you underline that in your Bible? Circle that in your worship God, if you don't mind this morning. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Shall we pray right now, just after that question? And why do you worry about clothes? See the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Let's just pause right there and pray this morning. God, I thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for your grace and mercy. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, Lord, who died on the cross for our sins, and he was buried, and he rose on the third day. And because of him, not because we're good enough or because we have our act together, but because of him, we can come in your presence and we can have relationship with you today. And so, God, I pray, Lord, that as we look in your word this morning, that you would open our ears, our, our hearts, our eyes, our minds to what it is you want to say to us today. God, let them not just hear my voice, but Holy Spirit, let them hear you speaking today. God, challenge and change every one of us. Let us leave different than how we were when we walked in, than how we were when we clicked online to join. And God, I pray, Lord, that you will challenge us this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. amen. Why do you worry? I thought about titling my message this morning, Intrusive Worries, Intrusive Worries, Intrusive Thoughts. Anybody have intrusive thoughts? Do y'all know, know what intrusive thoughts are? The older people are like, what in the world is intrusive thoughts? The young people know what this is, the younger people. Intrusive thoughts, it's actually something that they talk about if you're ever on TikTok. 
You get on TikTok, you get down a trend of people talking about intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are these things that pop in your mind and you cannot get them out of your mind. Now, you never act on them, clearly, because that would be wrong um, or that would be dangerous. But there's, there's these thoughts. Like, for example, this is an intrusive thought. I, my wife, we've, we've had this discussion. I didn't really know this was a thing. I don't have many intrusive thoughts, but I didn't know they called them something. But my wife, I've, I've asked her, I said, do you ever have any intrusive thoughts? She goes, oh, yeah, all the time. I goes, well, give me an example. Like, what's an intrusive thought? She goes, oh, well, all the time when you or the boys are walking by, she goes, I always, an intrusive thought is, I ought to stick my leg out and trip them and watch them face plant. I go, that is terrible. She goes, exactly, an intrusive thought. I don't do it. She goes, but I do think about it. I'm like, God, you have some hate in your heart that we might need to talk about. Or like, like one day we were talking in the office and our worship pastor, Pastor Lindsay, was talking about intrusive thoughts and and, and I was like, I don't think I really have intrusive thoughts. She was like, everybody has intrusive thoughts. I go, well, what's one of yours? She goes, oh, I'll tell you one I have all the time. She's like, when I'm working here in the office and my kids are in the daycare and they're in the preschool here, she goes, an intrusive thought I always have as I'll look around the building and I'm like, what if this place catches on fire? How do I get me and my kids out of here and how do I get us to safety? And I'm like, well, what about the rest of us? Do you think about us? She's like, no, I'm just worried about my kids and me. And I go, what do you mean? Like, you'll think, she's like, I will legit map out my escape plan. I will, I'll map out how do I get to my kids? How do I get out of the building? I'm like, that is terrible. Um, like an intrusive thought I have, like here's one I have, Aaron. I'll let you know sometimes when I'm preaching and maybe I'm not getting the response, you know, that, that, I'm, that I'm really thinking like maybe the sermon should have and, and like you're staring at me, you know, kind of how some of you always do. But an intrusive thought I always have is like, I wonder what would happen if I would just kick over this podium and walk off the stage. What would they do then? If I just like laid out everything and left, that's an, I don't do that. That would be terrible. And y'all would probably never come back because you'd be like, that pastor's crazy. We should never go back to that church. Uh, that's an intrusive thought. It's something that kind of comes in your mind and, and you can't shake it. Um, worry is an intrusive thought. It's something that pops in your mind that sometimes you cannot shake. Worry is really, if we're honest with ourselves and if we're honest with God this morning, worry is a temptation that we all fight, that we all fight. Uh, matter of fact, be honest with yourself right now. I want you to take out your worship guide or maybe you're taking out your, you, you know, all your notes on an iPad or phone. And, and I want you to write down, don't share them, because, but between you and God, I want you to write down three or four worries. Come on, let me see you writing. Write down three or four worries that you had this past week. What are three or four things that you found yourselves worrying about? That it was taking up space in your mind and it was causing anxiety. Come on, write down. If you're not writing, you're lying to yourself because I know we all have worries. We all have things that we fear may, may happen or things that we fear may not happen. And this is what I've come to discover about worry in my own life is worry takes up so much space in my mind that it doesn't just stay there, that it causes anxiety in my life that then eventually begins to disrupt my patterns, my thought processes, but also my lifestyle. I'll give you an example that just happened on Friday. This past weekend, we had a beautiful wedding for an amazing young couple. They got married together, uh, Billy and Amanda, and, and they're now married. And, and so, you know, they asked me to officiate the wedding. I've known Billy for several years. He was on our, our, our youth leadership team. And I'm like, absolutely, I would love to be a part of your wedding. And I love doing that for people and, and being a part of different life stages that we're going through. It makes me feel old when I look at like some of the worship team members, like Sarah, Caleb, they're now married and they have kids and I've dedicated their kids. I did their wedding and like they were middle schoolers when I started in youth ministry. So I know I'm getting 
I'm getting older, right? And so, so Billy's like, would you do my wedding? I'm like, absolutely, um, I would do your wedding. And so Friday was just a day that there was a lot of stuff going on. I've got this building, this barn I'm trying to build, and if you drive by my house, don't judge me. It's taking a very long time for me to build this barn, and it's just not going, right? Blake, you know, Blake and I have talked about, Blake's been helping me out some. It's just not going smoothly, and so I, re- I was like, oh, man, I got a wedding rehearsal tonight, and so I wasn't able to capitalize the time I thought, and I was so stressed out and so worried. So I look at my phone, and I'm like, all right, got the wedding rehearsal tonight, 6 p.m., Lake County, all right, Lake County Fairgrounds, I got to get to Lake County Fairgrounds. But I was so stressed out, I'm so, I'm so worried, I'm, anxiety is just kind of frustration, and I get in my Jeep, and I just head to the fairgrounds, and I'm running late already, the rehearsal starts at 6, uh, I'm probably going to be a little late, I'm, I'm the pastor, it's probably pretty important that the officiant be at the wedding rehearsal, and I'm like, man, I'm going to be late, and I shoot a text, hey, I'm going to be a couple minutes late, but I will be there, and, and I get to the fairgrounds, and I'm, I'm looking around, and I see no cars, no people, and I'm like, yeah, exactly, uh-oh, like, this is a problem, and I said, well, clearly, maybe they're on the backside of the fairgrounds, and, and so Gabe, I texted Billy, I said, hey, man, uh, this is the first, you know, first time I've been to this particular fairground, but, but what building should I be in, and he tells me the name of the building, He's like, Matt, it's very simple. It's a very big building. You cannot miss the building. I'm like, well, Billy, there's 15 big buildings at this fairground. Which one am I looking for? He goes, Matt, it's a, you know, this building at the Lake County Fairground. And it dawns on me then. I got in my Jeep and I drove to the Lake County Fairgrounds, but I was not at the Lake County Fairgrounds because I was so frustrated and worry and anxiety. My mind was not working. I drove all the way, uh, Mark, to the LaPorte County Fairgrounds. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew I was up Crab Creek quick, people. And... I'm, I'm sitting at the LaPorte County Fairgrounds, and the reason no one is there is because they're at the Lake County Fairgrounds on the other side. Yeah, that's a bad mistake, Gabe, right? I'm, first time in my life this has ever happened. I'm like, what am I doing? I go, Billy, I'm going to be a little bit later than what I originally told you, and I'm going to hop on the toll road right now, and I'll see you in a few minutes. And I had went to the total wrong place. My wife was like, what were you thinking? And a couple of the people in the wedding party that know me like, uh, what were you thinking? And, and I found myself that what had happened in my life is my mind was so distracted by everything that was going on that the direction for my life got off. And don't judge me too harshly now every, because you may not ever drive to LaPorte County Fairgrounds thinking you're going to Lake County Fairgrounds, but if we're not careful, worry can grip us so much and, ex- and cause anxiety to fill our life that we ourselves find our direction being off in life, not headed towards the place we thought we should be going because we're worried, because we're anxious. We tend to worry about big things and small things, worry about things that matter a lot and things that don't really matter much at all. We worry over sickness. We worry over viruses. We worry over finances. We worry about our family. We worry about our future. We worry about our past. We worry about children. We worry about our marriage. We worry in our diet as you get older. Am I eating too much salt? Am I eating too much sugar? Am I not eating enough salt? Am I not? We worry about all of these unforeseen dangers and many other things that we could continue to go on. Worry is so deadly in our life. The dictionary defines worry as this, an uncomfortable feeling in the mind caused by a mixture of fear and uncertainty. Worry, come on, look at the person because you're getting quiet on me already. Ask them, say, why are you worried? Come on, ask them, say, why are you worried? Worry, if we're honest, we all experience it. And I wonder this morning what you, whether you're watching online, whether you're at Wanita, you came in, Valpo today. I wonder this morning, what is it that you are worried about today? You wrote it down, maybe, and again, we could probably, if we had time, we could write down 10, 10 things, 20 things. We find ourselves being 
worry. And, and I wonder how many of those worries are often unfounded because worry is dangerous. Matter of fact, psychologists and health experts have discovered that, that worrying can cripple us to the point of making us ineffective and unable to cope with life's challenges. It can cause us to be ineffective with our strategies. It can cause us to find ourselves making poor choices like I did on Friday, headed the wrong direction, going somewhere we never meant to be. It can cause and lead to depression. Dr. Charles Mayo said it like this, that worry affects the circulation and the whole nervous system. And then he penned these words, I've never known a man who died from overwork, but I've known many who have died from worry. And then this is what we do. We begin to look at worry, and we begin to look at the anxiety that worry caused. And what happens? We become even more anxious about our anxiety. We become more worrisome about our worries. And we find ourselves in this battle of life. Right, we find ourselves in this battle of, of, of pulling and tugging. This is what Jesus addresses today in Matthew chapter 6. Because watch, Jesus is not calling us and telling us to ignore the important things of life. That's not what having a worry-free life is all about. Jesus is not saying that, that life does not happen. Jesus is not saying that there are not things in our life that we should be mindful of. Jesus is not saying that circumstances uh, you know, are, are, are always favorable. Jesus is telling us today in Matthew chapter 6, he's not calling us to ignore the things of this earth because the Bible has a lot to say about planning. Planning is important, amen? It's okay to plan. It's good to plan. It's good to have goals. It's good to write things down. It's good to have projections for your life. So hear me this morning. That is not what Jesus is saying because the Bible speaks a lot about wisdom and planning, but there's a difference in careful thinking and anxiety. There's a difference in careful planning and being full of worry. Let, let, me, let me tell you what worry is. I just, I just jotted down three things that I could give you a lot more. Wor worry is this first. Write it down in your notes. Worry is the act of letting what's out of our hands control and take control of our mind. That's worry. Letting things that is out of our hand take control of our mind. That's worry. What worry for you and me, I'm talking to myself this morning, and anxiety for you and me is when we allow uncertainty of fear, the uncertainty of fear, or the fear of uncertainty, to grip us and consume our hearts and minds. And this is what happens. It leaves us restless and leaves us unsettled. I've had sleepless nights because of worry. Anybody else ever been there? I've had sleepless nights because of anxiety. And go back to our text. Look at what Jesus says. In verse 28, he says, and why worry about your clothes? Look at the field lilies. They don't worry about theirs. He's on the side of the mountain. Put yourself in the, in the, as he's teaching, and he points to the flowers of the field. He's saying, look at these flowers. They don't freak out, and they worry about what color they're going to be and what they're going to wear this day. He says in verse 29, yet King Solomon in all his glory was not clothed as beautifully as they. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely take care of you? Oh, men of little faith. We find ourselves being so full of worry and being so full of anxiety, and most of the time we find ourselves letting it be things that are simply out of the control of our hands, and yet we let it get control of our heart. Remember what I told you last week, whatever you give attention in your life, you give authority to. And so we let things in our life that we cannot really control 
We let aspects of our lives that make us prone to anxiety already, and we begin to focus on those type of things. Maybe it's a bad doctor's report. Maybe it's something our kids have been doing because of they, the way they've acted at school or, the, or something that they're carrying out in their life. Maybe, maybe it's things outside of our control just in life. And then, and then because of the hyper-connectivity that we live in in today's world, that at just the, in our palm of our hands, we are connected to every person in the world if we wanted to be. We, you, then you put that into the mix, and then we wonder why we're so stressed out or we're so worried. And then this is what we do. We live in the day and age, and I love the day and the age of technology that we have. And so we'll spend money, we'll spend time, we'll spend moments, right, spending all kinds of time and research focusing on questions about worry, questions about anxiety. How anxious am I? How nervous am I? How worried should I be? Should I be worried? Are they worried? Are they, am I more worried than them? How do I fix my worry? How am, I, how am I more worried than I was now 10 years ago? Am I stressed out now more than I was five years ago? And we find ourselves, right, how anxious am I? How worried am I? And then if you pay attention to the news or then if you pay attention to, the, to, the, to social media, then if you pay attention to everything else, going on and as they publish the different things, right, that you could be worried about and anxious about. I mean, good Lord, we wonder why we are just on pins and needles. Pastor John shared with me uh, a couple months ago an, an article that he read, and the article was simply how we, all, how we all have a God complex in our culture now. It's a very interesting article, very fascinating. And they were looking at the correlation of stress and anxiety and worry and how clearly we're more stressed out, we're more anxious, we're more worrisome than we are today than we were 25, 30 years ago, and they likened it back to technology. Because for some of you who are a little bit older, a little bit wiser in life, you remember 25, 30 years ago before you had immediate access to everything that was going on around the world, you would be just worried about your family, you'd be worried about your city, about your neighborhood. It was just things that was local. And now because of technology, because of the internet, because of social media, you have instant access to things that are going on across the world. You have instant access to things that are happening hundreds of miles away that stress you out and then make you feel worried. And the article was basically making this point that all of us are now dealing with the level of stress and dealing with the level of care and dealing with the level of worry that only God himself can handle. And so what we've done is we've put ourselves in the place of God and in the seat of God concerning and caring about things that really we have no business to concern and care about. And we wonder why we're stressed out. We wonder why we're worried, why we're anxious. And then as I was studying this week, I found this very comical. I was beginning to look and, you know, Google things about worry and things about stress and things about anxiety. As I was, you know, sometimes as you search, you have these advertisement, uh, you know, pop up. This week, as I was looking, an advertisement came up on my computer, and it was, uh, it was an advertisement for, uh, for pet anxiety. And I was like, well, this ought to be good. Let me click this. I got to read this article. And I got to read what this is all about. Now, listen, I know many of you are animal lovers, like, and deep-seated animal lovers. And I appreciate people that can look at an animal and love them the way that y'all do. I do not have that in my heart. Don't judge me, but I don't have that in my heart. Like, it dropped my wife and my boys love it. We have animals. We have dogs, goats, chickens, cats, pony. We got all kind of animals. My wife and my boys, they love animals. They, like, my wife, it drives her crazy that we have, we have uh, two dogs. I don't even want the first dog, but now we got two dogs. And... So we have two dogs, and this one dog, like, loves me to death. And, like, he always, like, just sits and stares at me. And I see it in his eyes, how much he loves me and how much compassion. And I'm just like, yeah, get away from me. And I'll just pet him on the head, and I'm like, go away. And she's like, why? I know. Don't judge me. Y'all just, I heard you. Don't judge me. 
I pet his head. I'm not being to him. I say, Hank, I love you. Now get away. And so, but my wife is like, I just wish he loved me the way he loved you. And, and so I get people that have, but this is what, and I know some people have pets to help with their anxiety. Some people have pets, right, to help with their stress. So I clicked the, the button and I read the article and I was told, according to this study by a Harvard University professor, that anxiety is now even being transmitted. We are so stressed out and so worrisome and so full of anxiety that now our anxiety is even being transferred and transmitted to our pets. And they said in this study, I kid you not, it was a true study, they said that three out of four cats and three out of four dogs deal with character-affecting anxiety on a daily basis. So basically, our stress-relieving pets need stress-relieving pets for their life because we're so stressed out that we're stressing them out. And the cat's like, I need another cat that I can take this stuff out on because you're stressing me out and I need to get my, get my stress. Like, that's how stressed we are. We find ourselves so worrisome because of just the things of life, the things that are out of control of our hands. They, they take control of our minds that are stressing us. Come on, you know it. You, you've seen it even in your own kids or you see it in other people's kids that they just walk out. They say that now the average fourth and fifth grader carries the same stress level as a junior or a senior in high school because of the worries of life. That a lot of times, talking to us parents, that really come from us and then spill over to our kids. Worry. What worry is also this. This is what worry is. Worry is not only just taking what is out of my hands and taking uh, what's out of control of my hands and letting it take control of my mind. Worry is this, taking God's promises in vain. Now, I know many of us in this room would never curse out loud and take God's name in vain. But when we begin to worry, we're taking God's promises in vain. Because worry, again, is putting us in the seat of God. Worry is putting us in the seat of control. And we find ourselves often missing out. And we find ourselves in those moments of worry, in those moments of stress, in those moments of anxiety, forgetting who God is and what his word says. First Corinthians chapter, First uh, Corinthians 18 through 20 says it like this. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is, is not yes and no. This is what the Apostle Paul said. He said, for the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no. But watch what he says. But in him, talking about through Jesus, it has always been what? Say that word. Come on, say it with me. But in him it has always been. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it. But in him it has always been. Yes. For no matter, watch what he says in verse 20. For no matter how many promises God has made. They are what? They are what? They're not maybe. They are what? They are yes in Christ. And a lot of times in our worries, some moments, we get stressed out about finances. We get stressed out about our family. We get stressed out about our future. And we forget to miss and we forget the plans and the promises of the word of God. We forget for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And we miss out and we take the power into our own life and we forget that he is a God of resource. We forget that he is a God of supply. We forget that he has us in his hands and that he cares about every part of our life and we take his promises in vain. We forget what his word says. We, re we read what 1 Corinthians says, but do we believe it? Vocally we do, but with our lifestyle, I find myself, because I'm so worried, because I'm so anxious, 
because of things going on, because of this phone call that I got from the doctor, because of things that is going on with my family, because of things that I see around culture. I forget that God is a God of promises, and through Jesus, his promises are, yes, I have those accessible because I'm single and I'm still waiting for that right person. I just find myself struggling and battling, saying, God, what do I do with my life? I want to spend my life with somebody, so I just find my, I'm going to go over here and date, and I'm going to go try this relationship, and we forget the promises of God. Worry is taking God's promises in vain. Here's the third thing. Y'all don't like these, so I got to move on. Worry. Worry is the product of having the wrong priority. Now watch what Jesus said. This is Jesus talking, not me. Don't get mad at me. Take it up with him. He says in verse 33, but seek when? What is that word? But seek what? Come on, everybody said, even in the balcony. But seek what? First, his kingdom and his righteousness. And watch this. And all of these things will be given to you as well. Seek, seek first. I'm single. I'm waiting for that right person. Seek first. My finances, I'm, I'm trying to get my finances together, God, and I, I want to be a good steward. We'll seek first. I got to learn how to trust you. I got to tithe. God, God, I'm trying to get my family in, in order, and I'm trying to raise my kids the best I can. Seek first. God, I'm trying to be the dad and the husband. Seek first the kingdom. And his righteousness. And, and all of these things. See, see, here's the argument that we make with worry. We, we say, Pastor Matt, though, but I hear what you're saying today, but you don't understand everything I'm going through. You, you, don't, you don't get what, what my life is like. You, you don't know what it's like as a dad. You don't know what it's like, you know, as a husband. You don't know what it's like as a mom. You don't understand my calendar. Like, if I could show you my calendar, oh, man, you'd be just as stressed out as I am. And, and so you don't really understand. My life is just, there's a lot going. I, I went to the doctor this past week, Pastor Matt, and I got this report. And so, But you don't understand where I go to school. Uh, and when I walk down the hallway, I just, I'm anxious and I'm worried because you just don't, you don't get my life. You don't understand what's going on. This is what I know, that in some shape or form, all of us have a chaotic life. Simple, right? Can anybody agree with that? We all have busy, who, who has a busy calendar? Raise your hand. I'm all of us, right? All of us have a busy calendar. Raising kids, working jobs, right? Even if you're retired, you have a busy calendar. There's things that, that are filling up your life. There's still circumstances that surround all of us. So watch, so worry, it's not a mere fact of, Pastor Matt, if you could help me sit down with my calendar, and if you could help alleviate some of the things that are going on in my life, man, I would not worry anymore. That is not worry. Worry is not a byproduct, hear me this morning, worry is not a byproduct of the position of our life. Now, are there some things we could do to probably help manage? Absolutely. There's some things like, like my wife and I, we sit down on Sunday nights, some weeks were better than others, but we sat down on Sunday nights, and we will, we will look at our, our, our calendar for the week, because currently right now, my, my youngest son, Trey's playing baseball, my, my middle son, Jeremiah, runs track, my oldest son, Mason, plays golf, and then I coach golf, and then we have life, and then she has a job, I have a job, there's things here at, at work, and, and then trying to find time for ourselves, so, so we'll sit down on Sunday nights, and we'll try to lay out our week, and that helps with the stress, that helps with the anxiety, now for me, sometimes it makes my heart beat faster because I see the week and I'm like, Lord Jesus, you're going to have to help me on Wednesday because I don't know how we're going to do it. And, and so, so but, but for the most part, I sit down. And so are there strategies, are there things that we can do to help fight those instances in life? Absolutely. But watch, worry is not a byproduct of the position of our life. Jesus is telling us, watch this, 
that worry is a byproduct of the position of our heart. That's where worry comes from. It's not a byproduct of everything going on around me. Jesus is trying to show us worry and anxiety and stress comes from not what's happening around me, it's what's going on inside of me. Because he says if you seek first the kingdom of God, if you make the first thing the first thing, if you make the main thing the main thing, if you make what you should chase after, he's not denying life, he's not denying circumstances, he's not denying that things that are happening, but he's saying if you and I can find ourselves, because this is what I know, everything that's important in my life tends to become top priority. Everything that's important. Is raising a family important? Come on, talk to me. Is raising a family important? Is having a good, strong marriage important? Is being a good pastor for this church important? Is is coaching my son in golf important? I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it is. I don't know if I do a good job coaching or not. Is is being active, I'll say it like this, is being active in the community important? Right? Is having my finances important? Those are all important things. So Jesus is not denying the reality of importance. Everything important in my life always top always fights to become top priority. But bottom line is this, this is what Jesus is saying to us, that peace only comes and peace is only possible when God is your top priority. Now listen, it's easy for us to say that now, because what? We're sitting in church on a Sunday morning. Of course God is my top priority, Pastor Matt, I'm here. I'm a Sunday morning talk. I'm at home, and I made time to open up my computer, and I'm watching online. Of course God is my top priority. Oh, it's easy to say that on Sunday, but what about Monday? What about Wednesday? What about when you're walking down the hallways of, at school? What, what, what about when you're walking into that office, when you're walking into that factory? Look at what Colossians 3 says. Let me give you more scripture. It says it like this. Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above. Where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God, keep thinking about things above, not things on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you too will be revealed in glory with him. He's telling us in Colossians, listen, for you and I, it's this constant daily battle. It's not something that I just fix on on a Sunday morning when I hear one message, but, but it's something for you and I that daily we must remind ourselves Jesus in Matthew 6, he, as he calls us to not worry, he, he says it, matter of fact, he says it three times, do not be anxious. Three times, do not worry. Three times, do not stress out. And, and, and I wonder if he repeated this command, maybe it should get our attention. Because Jesus is showing us this morning, hear me this morning, why do we worry, these intrusive worries. He's showing us that worry is just this, this thing that is futile. It doesn't, it doesn't amount to anything. Jesus is showing us that worry reveals something significant, more about more than just our circumstances and our life. It, it reveals something significant about our hearts and the ability to trust God. And if we stopped right there, we would be like, all right, cool, I get it. Shouldn't worry. Well, great. I don't know how I'm going to do this. Jesus calls us out. He calls me out. He tells us the danger of worry, and if we stop there, that would be pretty bad, but he gives us the antidote. He does more than just tell us, stop worrying. He, he, he does more than just acknowledge anxiety as a problem, but he goes on, and he's going to show us, watch, he's going to show us the answer of how do we recognize the worry. Now, now what is our antidote to this worry? Here's the first thing I want you to write it down. I got a few more minutes. We'll unpack this. Number one, in order to have an antidote to worry, we, we must recognize our great value to God. 
He does a beautiful job laying out this illustration in his message to these people as they're listening. He says, look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow, they do not reap, they do not gather in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he asks this powerful question, aren't you more valuable than they are? I told you the animal lovers that as they look at animals and they appreciate animals and they love animals for who they are, and I appreciate when people do that. I can think uh, and look at an animal and say, man, that's a beautiful creation of God's hands. And as great as that is, as beautiful as that is, as much as he takes care of them, how much more does he love you and I? How much more does he care about your needs? How much more does he not only know your circumstances, not only does he know what you're going through, but he already has the answer to those circumstances. He already has the resource to the the need in your life. And and he does a a great job in verse 32. He says, your heavenly father knows that you need him. It's not like it catches God off surprise when we have needs in our life. It's not like he knows, like, oh, snap, Matt, my bad. I didn't realize you needed joy today. Hit me up tomorrow. I'll hit you back tomorrow. I'll give you a double dose. You'll have double joy tomorrow. That's not what he does. Oh, man, man, I didn't realize you was going through something financially. Uh, I kind of looked at my calendar. I didn't have that on my calendar today. So you know what? In a couple weeks, though, I'll bless you. I'll make sure you get through everything financially. No worries. It's not that at all. God knows exactly what you and I need. In verse 26, look at what Jesus says. He, He refers to the birds. He says they don't sow or reap or store away. And in verse 28 through 30, he talks about the flowers, the lilies. He said they do not spin or labor in vain. Listen, God not only knows our needs, but hear me this morning. He not only knows our needs, but he values you and I. We are his son and we are his daughters and he knows exactly what we need and he has exactly what it is that we need. He can take care of our needs. We are much more valuable than birds and flowers and if he can take care of birds and flowers, why can't he take care of a son and his daughter? Why can't he give us exactly what I need as a dad, as a husband? Romans 8, I love what Romans 8, 31 and 32, it says, what then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is in control of my life, I have no need to worry. If God, the creator of the heavens, of the earth, that spoke things into existence in six days, if he is in control of my life, if I have my life in his hands, then I have no need to worry. I have no need to be anxious. I have no need to stress out because he loves me and he knows my needs and he has exactly what I need. So you and I have to remind ourselves, hear me this morning, we have to recognize, and maybe that's our problem sometimes. We come in and we don't think we're valuable to God. We think because we messed up. We think because we're missing the mark. We think because we haven't got it right yet. That's what his grace and his mercy, that's why his Holy Spirit comes and convicts and says, Matt, you got to correct that attitude. You got to correct that thought process. But listen, I'm so glad that he doesn't throw me away. I'm so glad that he doesn't just kick me to the curb. I'm so glad that he says I'm not usable anymore just because I mess up, but because I'm his son, because of what Jesus Christ did, I'm valuable to him. He comes to me and he says, Matt, I know what you need, and I got what you need. I see what you need today, and I have exactly what you need today. So there's no need to worry. There's no need to stress out. There's no need to have anxiety. Turn to the person you're sitting next to. Come on, tell them. Say, why do you worry? Come on, tell them. Say, why do you worry? Why, why do you worry? We have to recognize and understand our value to God. Here's the second thing Jesus shows us. We have to recognize how unproductive worry is. Now, I don't have time 
to go back to everything I said in the beginning. If you missed it, just go watch again online. It's a refresher course. You can watch it at any point. And it will show you how unproductive worry is, how, 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 lack, how, how much lack it brings in your life. But in case you didn't, you didn't like what I said, well, look at what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 27. Watch what he says. And which of you, by worrying, can add even one hour to his life? Which of you, by being stressed out, can add one hour to their life? Which of you, by being full of anxiety? And in the words of the great psalmist, Bobby McFerrin, he said it like this. In life, we will have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Y'all know it. Don't worry. Be happy. Come on, y'all know the song, right? Y'all know the song. I don't know about you. I have never. Now, listen, if you have a secret, please share today. I have never stressed out about my finances, and because I was worried that it added one penny to my account. Now, if that, if that changes for somebody else, please let me know. I've never been so worried. I've never worried about my kids and worried about how things were going in their life and worried about are they loving God and then all of a sudden Mason or Jeremiah Trey come out of the bedroom and say, Dad, you know what? I can tell that you've been worried um, so far about me and you know what? Everything's gonna be okay. I'm gonna be a lot better and, and everything's gonna be, that's never changed one thing. I've never worried about my calendar and, and worried about life and all of a sudden it was less stressful or events went away what Jesus is telling us in Matthew chapter 6 is how, how worry, and it, it offers us insight and in how we battle worry that, that it's really, it's unproductive. And so you and I have to understand that when we worry, guess what? We don't change a stinking single thing in our life because we worry, because we stress, because we have anxiety. Not only does it not change anything, come on, you know, because we do it all the time, I do. Not only does it not change anything, it actually adds unnecessary stress to our day. We get worried. And then we're worried about how worried we are. And we're anxious, and we're anxious about how anxious we are. And Jesus is showing us. He mentions, again, in, in, in verse 27, he says we can't add an inch to our height, and we can't add an hour to our life by worrying. Because it's pointless. Sure enough, worrying will not change anything. So you and I have to ask ourselves, God, change my thinking, watch, and, and replace our worry with faith. Both take the same mental energy, but both take the same thought processes. And isn't that what we are supposed to be? We are a people that the Bible says we are to walk by uh, faith. We are to walk not by our sight, not by what we see, because if I walk by what I see, that makes me worried. If I walk by circumstances that are surrounded by, I'm surrounded by, that makes me anxious. If I walk by things that I see in the physical eye, that is what stresses me out. But the Bible says we are to be people that not walk by sight, but we walk by faith. That means, God, give me spiritual eyes to see what it is that you see. God, give me spiritual eyes to see the things that I'm surrounded by, not that I'm stressed out, not that I'm worried, not that I'm just going to ignore what I see, but God, I am your son. I am your daughter. Lord, you are in control. You have exactly what I need. God, I'm, I'm going to learn to live one day at a time. Isn't that how Jesus taught his disciples to pray? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this bread. Just give us this bread, our daily bread. God, God give me what I need today. God, it's Monday. It's the start of the week. I'm not worried about Tuesday. I'm not worried about Wednesday. God, give me my joy that I need today. God, God give me my peace that I need 
for Monday. Jesus is telling us, listen, there's enough trouble for each day. Listen, there's enough stuff. Tomorrow when you wake up, there's no need to worry about Wednesday because guess what? When Wednesday comes, Wednesday will be right there waiting on you. There's no need to to freak out about next month because why? When next month shows up, guess what? Next month will be waiting on you. Listen, again, it doesn't mean that we don't plan for the future, but it definitely means that we don't worry about it. Someone penned these words. I'm not sure who wrote it, but I had found it as I began to research for this message. It said, planning for tomorrow is time well spent. Worrying about tomorrow is time wasted. And if we're not careful, sadly, most of us, we spend our life either with regret over the past or worrying about the future. And it it finds space in our mind and it takes up space in our mind. And you and I have to remind ourselves, can I trust Can I learn to trust God today, one day at a time? Psalm 68 says that, talking about God, that he he can daily bear our burdens. So when I wake up on Monday, I say, God, give me what I need. That's what I pray with our family as we leave our day every day. I say, God, God, give us what we need today. God, you know the appointments, you know the people. God, as as my boys go to school, as, as Leslie goes to work, as as I'm there, God, God, I'm not worried about tomorrow, but God, God, give me what I need today for the conversations I'm going to have, for the people I'm going to encounter. God, give me my peace that I need today for the storm that I'm walking through. Give me what I need today. So we have to remind ourselves this, this antidote for worry. We have to remind ourselves that, again, that worry is unproductive. And, and ultimately, come on, Lindsay, we have to recognize God's grace for today. We recognize Xavier, are you going to camp this year? Are you going to camp? You're not going to camp? Well, shoot, Xavier, you're going to mess up my illustration. I thought you was going. Jacob, are you going to camp? Are you? Come here, quickly. You're in the balcony, come here. We have to recognize God's resource for today. And we got a summer camp coming up right around the corner, June 19th through 23rd. If you've got a teenager, and if you're in town, I promise you, it'll be the best week of their life. And then we bring them home and they're so tired they crash and you don't see them again until like for two days. It's the greatest day of your life as well. Great week away and they crash, come on. Have you, have you, have you, uh, have you held your spot yet? You have, have you paid your 50 bucks yet? Perfect, good. If not, I was gonna go make you sit down. So it's $50, it's like $300 I think to go to camp this year. Um, and, but it's 50 bucks to hold your spot because spots fill up quickly. So you have not held, you have not paid your 50 bucks? I'm gonna help you out and I'm gonna help out your mom and dad. This is going to be an, an active illustration. Um, I, need, I need people to grab into their billfold. You cannot get anything bigger than a $5 bill, but I want you to pull out some fives. Come on. And I want you to pull out some $1 or $2 bills. Nothing bigger than a five, okay, if you have cash on you. Nothing bigger than a five. All right. $50 is what it costs. Now, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the opportunity to make your 50 bucks today. So then tonight when you come, you come to youth group, right? Of course you are. So tonight when you come back to youth group, you bring your 50 bucks, pay your spot. Your mom and dad says, Jacob, you're awesome. So I have to pay for your 50. So this is what I, when you got your $5 bill, or maybe it's just a couple $1, I don't care. Just hold it up in the air. Just hold it up. Just keep it. Your arms might get tired. So this one I'm going to let you do. Uh, are you good at push-ups? All right. You're going to do 10 push-ups. And then after your 10 push-ups, you can go anywhere in this building. How much, how much is it to hold your camp for spot? 50. Yeah, it's 50. Why would you say it like a question? I just told you. It's what? 50. All right, it's 50 bucks to hold your to hold your your, your camp for spot. So you're gonna do you're gonna do 10 push-ups, 
And then after you do 10 push-ups, you can go anywhere in this building. You see some dollars and stuff. And you're not going to be done until you get 50 bucks, okay? All right, go ahead. 10, bu- 10, 10 push-ups. All right, just do 10. Oh, get it, kid. Get it. Get it. Right, we'll count them. I'm going to trust him. And now, you only, you only go one at a time. You can't go to, like, different people. Okay, you go anywhere to get the 50 bucks. Go, quickly, wherever you want the 50 bucks. Just go get it and bring it back. Come on. Yeah, yeah, you go get it, and then you got to come back and do 10 push-ups again. So there's a couple bucks. All right, come on, quickly. That's $2, and that's good. You get 50. When you get your 50, you're done. All right, there you go. Three bucks. All right, cool. Do your 10 push-ups. Anywhere in this building, there's money available for you to get your 50, okay? And then your 50 is locked up for camp. 10 push-ups. Go get it. Anywhere you want. You can get 50 bucks. Go right there. I don't care. Grab somebody. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Come on, quickly. Come on. I'll, I'll, you can do five now. I don't want you to do, like, too many push-ups, and you'll be all swollen and jacked up. Hey, look at me. Hey, wait. Before you do your next five, three, four, five. Okay, anywhere you go, go quickly. Anywhere you go, Jacob. Anywhere you can go, you can get the 50 bucks. All right, anywhere you go. There's some more money. Put it right there. Now, hold on. Before you do your next set, now watch. Hey, anywhere you can go, there's money available. Anywhere in this room, there's 50 bucks. Come on. Anywhere. You can grab it anywhere. Yeah, five push-ups. Come on. One, two, three, four, five. Anywhere. The 50 is available for you. Just get it wherever you want. There you go. All right. Jacob, anywhere in this house, anywhere in this house is 50 bucks. Do the five push-ups. Anywhere in this house is 50 bucks to get your money for camp. Three, four, five. Anywhere available is for 50. Anywhere available is for 50. There you go. There you go. Look, that's yours. That's all yours. It's for camp. Not no cool shoes either. It's for camp. You put that to camp. You t- make sure you tell the people thank you they gave. Go sit down. Give it up for Jacob. That's your money. There's your deposit. You're welcome, Mom and Dad Schumann. You ain't got to pay for him now. Now watch, watch. Did you see what he did? Everything he needed was right in my hand. And yet he got so caught up in doing everything he could do and ran around this building trying to raise that he missed the resource was already met standing right in front of him. Oh, now I'm going to preach for a second. If we're not careful, this is what worry does for us. We find ourselves thinking we got to do it ourselves. We find ourselves thinking, I got to make it happen. And so we work hard and we run around and we work hard and we run around. And it's not that it's not a need that don't get met, but we forget that there's a God who has everything available, who, has, who is a God that has all of our resources, who, has a, who is a God that has no lack, that has no limit. And he stands right in front of us and he says, I have what you need in my hand. All you got to do is grab it. I have what you need in my hand. All you got to do is claim it. And yet we wear ourselves out with worry, running around. We wear ourselves out with anxiety, running around. And we miss the fact that our Heavenly Father stands there ready to meet our needs, that He has the grace, He has the supply, He has everything that we need for today. That's why He says, don't worry about tomorrow. Because when tomorrow gets there, you'll have enough worry then. But listen, when you and I learn to trust God, when we learn to understand that he is our source, when we learn what Lamentation says, I love what Lamentation 3 says. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. What does it say? They are new every morning. So when I wake up on Monday morning, he has what I need for Monday. When I wake up on Tuesday, he has what I need for Tuesday. So I don't have to stress out about Friday. I don't have to stress out about next week. But if I turn to my Heavenly Father, if I ask him for what I need, he has exactly what I need.
And if we're not careful, hear me this morning, we can find ourselves just like Jacob, running around, wearing ourselves out, letting the worries of tomorrow. Watch, we let the worries of tomorrow, we let the, um, um, the, the, the expectations of something that we got to do miss out and forget and not even see and let us allow ourselves to expect what can God do in this situation? How can God show up? How can God meet my needs? Listen again, Jesus is saying, come on, I want you to stand with me all over this place. Listen, Jesus is not saying that our needs are not real. Jesus is not saying that our, our needs are fake. Romans 8 says it like this, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Are all things good in life? No. Are circumstances always fair? No. Does chaos happen? Does, yes. He, it says, and we know that for those who love God, those who are focused and our attention is upon him, that he's able to take it all together and work it for good. And he goes on to say, what then shall we say to all of this? If God is for us, who can be against us? Thank you for listening to Heartland Christian Center Sermon of the Week. If you would like to partner with us and give, please go to hcc.ag and click to give tab. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with others. Also, if you have a prayer request or want to contact Heartland, please email us at pastorphil at hcc3d.com. Have a blessed week.